on. I'm preaching. Cool. Thanks, Ruth. Okay, just before I start, do you want to all stand up, please? Close your eyes. You know how we um, come into church can vary. Uh, the things that have happened before church, huge different spread of events could have happened, and you might be stirred up, you might be completely at peace, but I just want you now just to... Um, just to open up the Spirit of God, just, just settle any controversies, any stress inside, just let it go and just open up to Him and, and just say, that, say this after me. Father God, I open up to you. I'm expectant to hear from your Holy Spirit and I'm going to change today. Be transformed. Not by Dave but by the Holy Spirit of the living God. Amen. Awesome. You can resume your seats. Okay. Um, dream it. Dream it. Um, our dreams must fit with God's dreams and plans for mankind. This is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to God, who by the power at work within us is able to do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. That's the Amplified Bible. Life's a dream. At times, not... If not all the time, our lives are ruled by dreams. Dreams of being rich, of living simpler lives. Dreams of being fitter. Dreams of being lazier. Dreams of having a better job. Dreams of having a job at all. Dreams of losing weight. Dreams of muscling up. Dreams of meeting our perfect love match. Dreams of getting a better car, boat, or push bike. Dreams of being debt-free or getting a bigger loan from the bank. Dreams of having a house and a place to call home. Dreams of starting a family, of even conceiving in the first place. Dreams of reconnecting with family. And all this is just while we're awake. God's word says contentment with godliness is great gain. There's an old saying, dreams are free. I disagree. Having the wrong dream can be costly. God is a God of dreams. His dreams will, given time, come to reality. Our dreams need to line up with his dreams. Christ has ultimate authority over everything, especially the powers of darkness. This is Colossians 2 verse 10. You are complete through your union with Christ. He is Lord over every ruler and authority in the universe. You know, I, I felt today, you know, our theme is dream it. Um, I, I really felt led to speak about the dreams we have when we're asleep. I've never really heard um, messages about the subject before, and it's quite a, a fascinating thing to research and, uh, and look at. You know, while we're asleep, we're actually at our most vulnerable. 
physically, mentally, and spiritually. Think about it. You're at your most vulnerable. And yet the grace of God remains. He is faithful to protect us just as much when we're asleep as when we are awake. We just need to trust him. And I'm increasingly praying um, as Glennis and I go to sleep at night that you know, our children have left home now. We've got four children. Um, and we're at home, home alone, <laughs> I guess. And I'm increasingly, not just from preparing this, being aware of praying peace over my wife and over myself and remotely over our children before we go to bed at night. And just praying deliberately, Lord. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. And so I, I, I pray, I lay hands on my wife and I say, Lord, I just pray your peace upon Glennis and myself as, as we sleep. And if you've got dreams that you want to bring across our minds as we sleep, I pray that I just open myself up to that, but I pray protection over us in that area. Historically, um, in world history, dreams have been quite significant. In the 1400s, a, an illiterate peasant girl had a dream about her being in the army, delivering the French from the oppression of the English. And her, I think um, her name's Joan of Arc, they called her the maid. And at the age of 18, she actually led the French army in battle against the British and wrought a great victory. It started with a dream. Jesus actually appeared to her. Um, the French sold her out to the English. She ended up getting burnt at the stake um, for a, going through a religious legalistic court and they, they got her on the legalistic point of she wore men's clothes and she, they burnt her at the stake. As she, in the flame, she cried out to the Lord and, and was worshipping the name of Jesus as she perished. And that, that started a conviction from a dream. Napoleon's defeat at Waterloo was prophesied in a dream some years before. Abraham Lincoln had a dream himself about dying only days before he was assassinated. Albert Einstein credited part of his theory of relativity to a dream he had. That's, that, I thought that was pretty out there. Whether you agree with Albert Einstein and his theorem of relativity, part of it came from a dream. And a sporty one, the famous golfer Jack Nicholas, dreamt of holding his golf club a different way, put it into action, and uh, the results speak for themselves. And of course, the Bible. Dreams are mentioned in the Bible roughly 121 times. Taking the Bible as a whole, dreams are rare but significant. You've got Abimelech, Jacob, Joseph, Solomon, Ezekiel, Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, thank you. <laughs> um, and then in the New Testament, you've got Mary, Joseph, the wife of Pilate. Remember at Jesus' crucifixion, she said, don't have anything to do with this man. I had a lot of trouble in a dream. Peter, John, and Paul. The outcome of these dreams resulted in them being ignored, being a personal challenge to that person, bringing family deliverance, changing kingdoms, and planet-wide events, some of which are yet to happen. Dreams have a wow factor. If you had somebody come up to you and say, uh, this is my latest memory verse, versus, wow, I had this dream last night. Which one grabs your attention? The dream. And that's the reason why dreams can be so dangerous and be very deceptive and misdirecting. 
Just because you or someone else had a dream, it does not make it God's truth. Christ has ultimate authority. His word is truth. A large number of our dreams we never remember. Glennis was reading this article about sleep patterns. And, you know, you, you have your deep sleep, and then later on in the evening, in the morning maybe, you have a lighter sleep, and you tend to remember the lighter sleep dreams more than you do the deep ones. A lot of people, so I heard when Paul was speaking last week, he said his brother never dreams. From the research that people, have, the scientists have done, is everybody dreams, but not everybody remembers what they dream about. That's an interesting thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite fascinating in, in that respect. A um, woman woke up one morning and she uh, said to her husband, Darling, I had this amazing dream last night. I dreamt that you gave me this beautiful pearl necklace. What do you think that dream meant? And the husband thought to himself, and, and, and then he said to her very wisely, you'll find out tonight. So you can imagine the lady going through the whole day, anticipating, as you, know, you can well imagine. At night, the husband came home, and he had a small package. And he gave it to his wife, and with delight, she opened it. And in it, she found a book entitled, The Meaning of Dreams. <laughs> oh, pretty cool, eh? Uh, that's just a joke. <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't Glennis. Um, yes, I thought that was pretty clever, actually. Um, just, just um, I'm going to share now with you a, a dream that I had some weeks ago. Um, don't let it freak you out, but I just want to do this because um, I believe one of the reasons I had this dream was to tell you about it and then tell you how I interpreted it. Um, Glennis and I, and this is in the dream, Glennis and I were walking along together and we came up to a hall not as big as this, just like a, a, out, a country town hall, you know, like a little community hall. And outside this hall, there was three beings, like spiritual beings, I think they were men, and they were guarding it. The first thing that happened was, Glennis walked up to them and, and eyeballed them, just like that, just stood in front of them. And then I walked past them and went into the building. Um, the building was completely empty. No furniture, no people, nothing. Just an evil, oppressive presence in this building. And uh, I went further into the building and I went to the right-hand back corner. And the oppressiveness and the feeling of evil got just intense. My heart rate was right up there. And and then I, I, I couldn't speak. It was like this oppression was on me and I could not speak. And, I just th and, and then there was this guttural growl came out. I was going to do it over the mic, but I thought it might freak somebody out. Just a deep guttural growl came at me. And I could not speak. I could not speak in the dream. But in my head, I went, Jesus, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And boom, I woke up. My heart, when I woke up, was redlining. I mean, like, you wouldn't have to go to the gym. I mean, that, you know, just, just pounding, 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 pounding. And I thought to myself, wow, that was real. You know, that, that was like a real spiritual dream and experience. Here's my interpretation. Now, this is, this is where dreams, you know, like, 
you know, that, that, that's quite powerful, eh? I mean, that, that's quite real. It was real to me. And you might think, oh, Dave, you're a real wuss. You should have walked up to them and told them to get out in the name of Jesus. But dreams aren't always like that. If you read Daniel, um, the book of Daniel in chapter 8, verse 27, it has an account where Daniel had a dream and it said that he spent three days sick in his bed after having this dream because of the impact and stress on him. And another one, another dream he had, he, this angel, I think this Gabriel, appeared to him and he fell on the ground and couldn't get up physically, couldn't get the angel, had to, had to lift him up. You know, So these things um, transcend between the mental, spiritual, and the physical. It's quite fascinating. Here's my um, interpretation of it. The first thing I thought that was positive was that my wife was with me. With, was with me. We were in, our house was in order, that she was there with me, albeit on the outside of the building, but she, were there. she was there. We were together. We were in unity. The second thing was that the spiritual world is real. And then the next thing is the powers of darkness try to bluff us. Now, the fear in me was real in my dream, and that growl was real, but they never touched me. They never laid a finger on me. They did not hurt me physically, mentally at all, apart from that fear. And the other thing was, uh, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. When even mentally, without speaking that name, just thinking that name in my head and saying Jesus is Lord in the name of Jesus, just that thought blew that out of the water. So I just want to say that to you. I did not interpret the dream as saying, go around the community looking for this hall. You know, that, you know that's something that's weird. You know, you don't do that. You know, that that's, but people can do these things. They start looking for these things and associating with it in real life. My interpretation to you was based on the word of God. Every knee shall bow to him. We have authority over the powers of darkness. Okay, so it's based on, on the word of God. That's what I'm putting out here. Some weeks before I had this dream, we had a young lady, 20 years old, staying with our daughter in the house. They slept in, in Rachel's room. In the morning, I went to check on them, and they said that this young lady had had this dream in the middle of the night that was a spiritual being standing at the end of her bed. She was just stressed out to the max, terrified. I said to the girls, why don't you come and get me? And with teenagers, when you, when you talk to teenagers, uh, young people in general, but specifically teenagers and, and early 20s, you've got to take the mo make the most of opportunities without hitting them between the eyes. You know, I could have, I learnt this this week, it's really funny, I could have said to her, take a concrete pill which I am told means harden up. I never knew that. That's the first time I heard that saying this week. Young person educated me. Take a concrete pill. What does that mean? I said, harden up. Oh, okay. I could have said that to her, but what I, I prayed for both the girls, and I said, to him, I said to them, you know the spiritual world is real. It is real. Demons are real. Angels are real. Jesus is real. Heaven and hell, it's real. And I said to the girls, every believer has authority over the powers of darkness. No matter they're three years old or 93 years old. And you've got to step into that and push back against that. I don't know what the girls thought, but that's, that's what I said. 
And the thing that occurred to me was that um, what are these kids looking at? And, and it, it concerns me quite, quite deeply, this, this aspect. Um, Proverbs 4.23 says this. I don't know if I'm following my slides, Isaac. Sorry, <laughs> scrambling your eggs back there, mate. But uh, Proverbs 4.23. Keep or guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Another experience that one of my sons had was that he had a dream where he was held down in bed by some spiritual entity, and he could not physically get up off the bed. I said the same thing to him as I said to the girls. You've got authority. You can use the name of Jesus on these things. These things are real. But my concern is, what are people programming themselves with? And I, I'm just going to... I don't want to stress anybody out with this, but one thing I want to pick on is gaming. And, um, you know, I, I've been brought up... You know, I'm 58. I was brought up in the era without computers. Computers were something that were on Star Wars movies or something like that. I think I used my first computer when I was 35, something like that. And uh, the young ones these days tell me that there are professional gamers. They're paid by um, gaming firms to play their games. They're paid big bucks, uh, you know, to play computer games. To me, that, you know, that blew me away. Um, my son went for a kayak with um, a friend recently in the Bay of Islands and this friend brought her brother. They were paddling back into Waitangi um, on a beautiful day, not a breath of wind, flat, calm, stunning day, and my boy said to this young man, beautiful day, and he said, well, actually, my computer games, I enjoy more than this. He said, I can sit at my computer with my V, with a donut, I can socialise with friends, I'm comfortable, um, you know, and, and uh, I, to be honest, that shocked me, and I know I'm an old fart, and, and I think differently, um, but I think, you know, that we need to take this seriously as parents. I read recently the World Health Organisation has registered gaming as a potential mental health issue. I've got a, a daughter studying psychology and a, at university and a daughter doing a degree, a son doing a degree in counselling. And um, Nathan, the son doing the counselling, has got a pra practicum position in a school. In my day, the count there was never counsellors in schools. Why, why do you need a counsellor? But now there's counsellors in schools, you know, for the kids' mental health and everything. And my question is, what are we putting into ourselves and I believe there's a crossover between what we program into, into ourselves and, and what manifests in dreams and things like that. And I, um, yeah, it, it just really concerns me. So I, I encourage parents, and I know you're, living, you're bringing your children up in a different era to what mine did. My children were in the bush kayaking, climbing cliffs and that from about the age of six. Um, you know, in, in the wilds of Matarau Forest, Waipua Forest, when they were very small. And, you know, not everybody can do that, but there's things out there that you can do to get kids involved with creation. You know, I, I love bush, I love kayaking, my wife loves gardening. You know, it's still 
with the soil. It's with creation, working with plants, looking after pets. All these, there's heaps of things you can do. I encourage you to be brave. Push back against the laziness. Push back against the laziness and the lethargy and get your children involved with real, real things. With real things. When our children were young, um, they had nightmares. Um, I can remember when I was nine or ten, and sometimes when I had a temper or was crook, I'd have these horrific nightmares. And, and the lovely thing was that I could go and snuggle up to mum and dad and have that that feeling, you know, you, st you still sort of feel like, you know, that, that feeling of, you know, mum and dad are there, they're big and strong, you know, nothing's going to hurt me now. And, I, you know, I really encourage you to do that with your kids. Don't tell them to take it. To tell a little kid to take a concrete pill and harden up, I mean, you, you just, oh, you need to slap or You never treat your kids like that. You know, you always comfort them, but at the same time, lay hands on them, pray for them. My, my children, when they were little, we'd go round and we'd, we'd um, tuck them in. Do parents still do that? Do they, they still do that? Cool. You know, when, when my kids became teenagers, my oldest son, he used to um, shake you know, like the Holy Spirit was on him, just deliberately, just to have me on. I lay hands on him, he'd be shaking like this. <laughs> but, you know, I think he, he sort of enjoyed it, you know, and you'd read them a bedtime story, you pray for them, tuck them in. Sometimes they'd had nightmares, they'd come to bed with us, or I'd climb into bed with them, and you pray for them, but you teach them that you have authority over the powers of darkness. You're training them to step into their authority as they get older. You need to do this with your children. Just train them in that. Train them in it. Yes. Um, a person shared with me recently about having a dream about their wife dying in childbirth. And um, he, the man made the comment was, I sure as, ho sure as heck hope that our dreams don't come true. Years ago, a famous preacher called Kenneth Hagin had a dream that his wife would die prematurely. And he would not accept this. He would not accept what this dream was saying to him. And he pushed back against it. He sought the Lord. He prayed. He fasted. And in the end, his wife outlived him. He would not accept that dream. And he pushed back against it. That's just one example of that. Believe God's word before any dream. Sometimes we have dreams about people we know. I had a dream recently, a vivid dream, about the man that bought our farm. It was a sensible dream. The man, sometimes our dreams are crazy. You know, like Paul shared a dream the other week about flying, you know, in the schoolyard. I used to have those dreams. They're awesome. Like, you know, you're a helicopter and you, know, and you look around, there's no helicopter. That's a, oh, just those dreams are awesome. But the, um, this dream I had was sensible. The guy was lucid in my dream. He was saying rational things, talking to me. When I woke up, I thought, I'm praying for Richard. This guy's name's Richard. I'm going to pray for him. So I took that seriously. I kept it to myself. I think I told Glennis. I kept it to myself. I did not ring Richard up. I mean, that would be nutty too, wouldn't it? I mean, freak, this guy's not a believer. I had this dream about you last night. You know, he's a pretty straight-up guy. He'd probably, um, I don't know, punch me or something. But that, that's what I thought. You know, keep it to yourself, but take it seriously. If the dream repeats itself, ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. Keep praying. And um, in Daniel 8, 
verses 15 through 17, um, Daniel had one of his real freaky dreams, and then the angel Gabriel or some other dude says, explain to Daniel exactly what that dream means. So if you are sincere and it's a serious issue, the Lord will explain to you what it means if you ask him to do that. One of the things I've experienced in my life, and this is all relating to dreams, I'm sorry it's a little bit higgledy-piggledy, but was is insomnia. Um, you can't dream because you don't sleep. <laughs> um, when I was younger, living on my own in remote farmhouses, working on farms, I used to have a little bit of problem with fear, sleeping in a house in backcountry areas on my own. And I always, I found this scripture in Psalms 120 verse 2, which says, He gives to his beloved sleep. And I stood on that, and after a period of years, intermittently having insomnia, I, I broke through that, and now I sleep pretty well. Glennis has this habit when the kids were young, where at one o'clock in the morning, she would say to me, um, are you awake? And I think, oh no, here we go. And she would share something real worry and concern about the children at one in the morning. Give me a break. And then, and then she'd turn over and start idling merrily to herself and go back to sleep. And I'm there stewing on this, oh, gosh, woman. It's, it's, sorry, apologize for that one. Um, yeah, but I just, that came out of nowhere. It was just random. Uh, I'm not 100% certain what to do about that one. I'll just, oh, I've got no answer for that whatsoever. Um, God's word brought to life by the Holy Spirit is our life, foundation, and guide. Um, I'm going to read to you now um, a scripture from Jeremiah chapter 23, and it's up there. And I think I've got the same version as up there. I have heard these prophets say, listen to the dream I had from God last night. And then they proceed to tell lies in my name. How long will this go on? If they are prophets, they are prophets of deceit, inventing everything they say, me, they say. By telling these false dreams, they are trying to get my people to forget me, just as their ancestors did by worshipping Baal. Let these false prophets tell their dreams, but let my true messengers faithfully proclaim my every word. There is a difference between chaff and wheat. Does not my word burn like fire, asks the Lord? Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes the rocks to pieces? Smashes the rocks to pieces. Like I said before, dreams can have that wow factor, but don't be deceived. As we walk on, there's going to be people come across our paths that have amazing dreams and spout things that may or may not be true, but we discern them and we walk through our walk based on the word of God, not on a dream you have or a dream that somebody has said to you, regardless of how much you respect that person. You base your life on the word of God. Never belittle God's word or the power of of the Holy Spirit. Always pray for wisdom and discernment. It is my personal belief that our conscious actions have a great bearing on the subconscious mind. Watch what we watch and what we give attention to.
Awesome. Um, just close your eyes, please. Father, I, I just thank you uh, for your love. I thank you for this word. Father, I pray your peace on every single person here. Father, I pray that sincerely all of us will consider what we give our attention to, what we believe, what we hold on to. And I pray sincerely that every single person here under the sound of my voice would give their attention to Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I thank you that your word says that he is Lord over every principality and power in the universe. And Father, we just lift up the name of Jesus here right now and, and, and just honor him. And while your eyes are closed, I just want you to consider um, dreams that you've had. I just want you to um, think about the authority of Christ. And I want you to bring that authority and that lordship into your life right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just think about, you know, when he died on the cross, um, Colossians said that he made a public example of the principalities and powers of darkness, triumphing over them in the cross. He did that for us. And you might ask the question, well, why doesn't he do it for me? He wants you to do it based on his Holy Spirit inside you, just letting him come in. I love what Paul said last week when he said that one of his dreams was to be all that God wanted him to be and to be the best husband and father that he could be. That is an awesome dream. I love that. I love that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for your word today. We just let it flow into ourselves and just dwell on it in the name of Jesus. Awesome. Thank you, people. Um, if anybody wants prayer afterwards for us to stand in faith with you um, about tormenting dreams, um, I'll be up the front here. Glennis will be here. The other team members will be here, so um, feel free. But thank you for listening to me. And that's my angle on Dreamer. Thank you.